So first and foremost, I'm still here watching the national championship game. Looks like Virginia is about to close the deal. Uh, I was going to do a sports segment today, but I'm going to stick with the script because I was supposed to do it yesterday, but we all know what happened. I'd rather talk about entrepreneurship yesterday, becoming more financially independent. If you didn't listen to the podcast yesterday, uh, but today we are going to actually talk about physical activity, okay? So I know right now a lot of people are going to watch this or listen to this, rather, <laughs> and, you know, they're thinking, oh, physical activity, working out, they always think of, oh, going hard in the gym and being a gym freak, a fitness freak, but physical activity um, is just basically moving your body and doing things that causes your body to move so physical activity can help improve overall health and fitness and it can reduce the risk of most chronic diseases now physical activity doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be lifting weights but there's definitely four types of physical activity that I'm going to go over so people can understand these things because I think one of the things that we have issues is in society, we put so much pressure on ourselves because we get on Instagram and we see all these fitness models and we see friends from high school that might be still killing it and, and looking well. But at the end of the day, everybody has their own level of fitness. Everybody has their own level of well-being. So you have to understand your level and where you're trying to go and trying to accomplish. Uh, like somebody like myself, a lot of my clients like to to have more of a lean look and have more of an athletic look like me and you know they they want it so fast but what I always tell them I've been I've been training since middle school you know I first started fitness right around the age of 11 10 years old and I'm going on 28 this summer so I'm almost two decades in doing this so it takes time for you to build up that type of you know comfortability with your body um, to be able to do something like this and to be able to look a certain way and it takes a lot of discipline and, and it takes a lot of just willpower to just go through it. And, and I like to be relatable. That's one of my favorite things, especially when it comes to, you know, trying to talk to people. You don't want to come off as one of those trainers that is like, uh, like I'm perfect. Like I do all this. I do all that. And one of the things that I always tell my clients is there are days that I don't want to eat healthy and there are days that I don't want to, you know, go out there and work out. But you know, for the most part, I just stick with the script and I do what I need to do. I'm not going to say I'm invincible to it, but, you know, there are certain things that I know that I've done in the past that have trained my mind to be, you know, ready for this. Uh, so today we're going to just talk about physical activity and how we can engage in physical activity. So engaging in regular physical activity or planning physical activity routine is very important for you to know there's types of physical activity. You have aerobic physical activity, which makes you breathe a little harder, your heart goes a little faster, uh, as a result is increasing the heart rate and the lung fitness, so cardiovascular strength. So for instance, aerobic will be brisk walking, dancing, cycling, jogging, uh, swimming, playing basketball, etc., etc. And that's basically the primary focus if you're in the beginning stage of fitness and you don't really have a lot of experience you want to be able to 
start off light. So aerobic exercise is very important. Obviously, you have the muscle strengthening activities, which is bone strength, muscular fitness activities that have to do with body weight movement or weightlifting, obviously using your abdominals, legs, hips, and back. I'm not going to really go into um, detail with that because today we're focusing more on the aerobic side of fitness. Uh, maybe later next week, I'll talk more about the strengthening, muscle strengthening side of fitness. But, you know, for the most part today, I just want to start off because I want to pretty much focus my podcast on everybody because, you know, my my fitness, you know, channel when it comes to like my business is based around more performance training and athletic based training. But I also know how to train the beginners and I want this podcast to be very broad so people can, you know, get information from this from a beginner's level all the way to a person that's advanced. So when it comes to aerobic um, activity, you need to do 150 minutes a week. And I'm, I'm religiously talking to my clients about this every single week. So either you do three workouts for an hour or you do five workouts for 30 minutes. You need to be able to do one or the two, or however you like to do. If you want to work out four times a week, you want to work out five times a week, et cetera, et cetera. Pause. I want to shout out before I continue this conversation. Shout out to Virginia representing the ACC uh, for winning the national championship. They just won the national championship. So shout out to Virginia. North Carolina won it two years ago. Duke won it four years ago. As you see, the ACC dominates college hoops. Getting back to this conversation, so 150 minutes of moderate intensity. That means you're going to have to sweat a little bit. Not light intensity, you know, moderate intensity. And I want to talk about intensity real quick before I go back into, you know, talking about physical activity. Uh, A lot of clients always ask me, what is the key to, you know, performance training and getting better? And sometimes it is the intensity. Like, it's the mental intensity. Like, are you mentally engaged into the workout? Like, are you really trying to get that rep up are you really pushing yourself you know sometimes you can just go through the motions and you can tell like I have big boot camps that I train people and I can just tell the people that are just going through the motions and then I also can tell the people that are really putting in work so intensity moderate intensity is from a scale to zero to a hundred it's like 50 to like 75 so not your max you know intensity but not just walking and just not really putting a lot of effort into it. So another thing is for aerobic activity, you want to do 20 minutes of vigorous intensity aerobic activity at least three times or more a week. Now, this is for more of my moderate to advanced um, clientele base that is listening to this podcast right now. 20 minutes of vigorous, like I had a young lady today at the corporate gym that I, you know, run uh, sessions at. Uh, she came in and I gave her an understanding of how to do HIIT classes because she used to do CrossFit, but I gave her a little 20-minute just vigorous, high-intensified workout. And I told her to do that once or twice a week, plus strength training twice a week, do a little flexibility. There you go. So like I said, 150 minutes of moderate intensity and then 20 minutes of vigorous intensity. And vigorous intensity means you're going it all out. Like you're squatting, you're going as hard as you can, you're doing as hard as you can with push-ups, mountain climbers, whatever exercise you decide to choose, you're going as hard as you possibly can and you're really, really putting in that effort. That's why the workout is only 20 minutes because anything over that, your body's gonna go into hyper stress mode because you're doing too much. 
all right so a combination between moderate and vigorous um, is very ideal so with aerobic you want to do at least 10 minutes um, when it comes to moderate you want to do at least 10 minutes you don't want to you don't have to do 20 to 30 minutes with this um, just to get you moving all right so measuring the intensity uh, this is the next thing that I want to talk about knowing the difference between moderate intensity and vigorous intensity so moderate intensity causes a slight increase in breathing and heart rate however it's still able you're still able to talk and you're still able to sing during the exercise or activity um, so for instance like brisk walking you also have uh, leisure cycling leisure uh, le uh, swimming playing tennis line dancing etc etc those are things that are considered moderate intensity vigorous intensity is considered where your heart rate has increased significantly your breathing is going up really fast and you're really having a difficult time trying to have a conversation with somebody so this is sprinting running jogging uh, playing tennis by yourself rollerblading at a fast place playing hoops football even skipping with a skipping a rope or jump roping so these activities are basically primarily focused on people that are just trying to work out really fast they need at least 20 to 30 minutes to execute this exercise and like I said cycling a brisk walk dancing doing double tennis and swimming and stuff like that is considered leisure um, or is considered a very moderate intensity so these activities are very important for you to comb combine them together and then obviously do a day or two of strength training so this will help you gauge more accurately how hard you've been working out so you can know below so if you have an exercise chart of an intensity and you want to go towards 70 to 80 percent of your max of your heart rate then you want to focus on high intensity exercises for that 80 70 to 80 percent i'm sorry is moderate and then 80 to 85 percent is going to be more vigorous so these are just different things that you want to take into account and we're going to talk a little bit more about muscle strengthening um, physical activity um, later on but i wanted to start today's podcast on just basically just basic physical activity aerobic physical activity and just getting out there like i said 150 minutes i know i talked a lot of different numbers and stuff so i'm just going to just wrap it all up within this next 30 seconds or so so basically just 150 minutes a week and if you can get up to 300 that's amazing 300 is like meaning you're elite you're like advanced you know like that's really really good um and then just making sure you know the difference between the intensity so obviously going for a brisk walk is moderate running or sprinting is very very vigorous so just trying to make a combination so if you're new to physical activity and you're trying to lose weight I suggest you to do one or two days of moderate one or two days of vigorous a week then a day of strength training and then a day of flexibility um, just to kind of get your body in a full um, fitness mode and you want to build a good foundation in the beginning and the good foundation is going to be a combination between strength cardio flexibility and endurance and stuff like that so you want to be able to activate all of these different aspects of fitness when it comes to fitness um, info ace i am back here today guys thanks for listening i am going to be closing up this podcast 
for the moment, physical activity, get out there, get active, make sure your friends are getting out there, getting active, especially my millennials, my younger generation, there is no freaking excuse for us, we're young, we're supposed to be at our elite levels right now, so get out there, get active, for my older generation, you guys, no pressure, you don't got to be CrossFit crazy, but get out there for 150 minutes a week, do moderate and vigorous intensity, then we'll talk later next week, later this week or next week about more vigorous and more intensified exercises. See you guys later. So first and foremost, I'm still here watching the national championship game. Looks like Virginia is about to close the deal. Uh, I was going to do a sports segment today, but I'm going to stick with the script because I was supposed to do it yesterday, but we all know what happened. I'd rather talk about entrepreneurship yesterday becoming more financially independent if you didn't listen to the podcast yesterday. Uh, but today we are going to actually talk about physical activity, okay? So I know right now a lot of people are going to watch this or listen to this, rather, <laughs> and, you know, they're thinking, oh, physical activity, working out, they always think of, oh, going hard in the gym and being a gym freak, a fitness freak, but physical activity um, it's just basically moving your body and doing things that causes your body to move. So physical activity can help improve overall health and fitness, and it can reduce the risk of most chronic diseases. Now, physical activity doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be lifting weights, but there's definitely four types of physical activity that I'm going to go over so people can understand these things. Because I think one of the things that we have issues is in society, we put so much pressure on ourselves because we get on Instagram and we see all these fitness models and we see friends from high school that might be still killing it and, and looking well. But at the end of the day, everybody has their own level of fitness. Everybody has their own level of well-being so you have to understand your level and where you're trying to go and trying to accomplish uh, like somebody like myself a lot of my clients like to to have more of a lean look and have more of an athletic look like me and you know they they want it so fast but what I always tell them I've been I've been training since middle school you know I first started fitness right around the age of 11 10 years old and I'm going on 28 this summer so I'm almost two decades in doing this, so it takes time for you to build up that type of, you know, comfortability with your body um, to be able to do something like this and to be able to look a certain way. And it takes a lot of discipline and, and it takes a lot of just willpower to just go through it. And, and I like to be relatable. That's one of my favorite things, especially when it comes to, you know, trying to talk to people. You don't want to come off as one of those trainers that is like, uh, like I'm perfect, like. I do all this, I do all that. And one of the things that I always tell my clients is there are days that I don't want to eat healthy and there are days that I don't want to, you know, go out there and work out. But, you know, for the most part, I just stick with the script and I do what I need to do. I'm not going to say I'm invincible to it, but, you know, there are certain things that I know that I've done in the past that have trained my mind to be, you know, ready for this. Uh, so today we're going to just talk about physical activity and how we can engage in physical activity. So engaging in regular physical activity or planning physical activity routine is very important for you to know there's types of physical activity. You have aerobic 
physical activity, which makes you breathe a little harder, your heart goes a little faster, uh, as a result is increasing the heart rate and the lung fitness, so cardiovascular strength. So for instance, aerobic will be brisk walking, dancing, cycling, jogging, uh, swimming, playing basketball, etc., etc. And that's basically the primary focus if you're in the beginning stage of fitness and you don't really have a lot of experience you want to be able to start off light so aerobic exercise is very important obviously you have the muscle strengthening activities which is bone strength muscular fitness activities that have to do with body weight movement or weightlifting. obviously using your abdominals legs hips and back i'm not going to really go into um, detail with that because today we're focusing more on the aerobic side of fitness. Uh, maybe later next week I'll talk more about the strengthening, muscle strengthening side of fitness. But, you know, for the most part today I just want to start off because I want to pretty much focus my podcast on everybody because, you know, my, my fitness, you know, channel when it comes to like my business is based around more performance training and athletic based training. But I also know how to train the beginners, and I want this podcast to be very broad so people can, you know, get information from this from a beginner's level all the way to a person that's advanced. So when it comes to aerobic um, activity, you need to do 150 minutes a week, and I'm, I'm religiously talking to my clients about this every single week. So either you do three workouts for an hour, or you do five workouts for 30 minutes you need to be able to do one of the two or however you like to do it. If you want to work out four times a week, you want to work out five times a week, et cetera, et cetera. Pause. I want to shout out before I continue this conversation, shout out to Virginia representing the ACC uh, for winning the national championship. They just won the national championship. So shout out to Virginia. North Carolina won it two years ago. Duke won it four years ago. As you see, the ACC dominates college hoops. Getting back to this conversation, so 150 minutes of moderate intensity. That means you're going to have to sweat a little bit. Not light intensity, you know, moderate intensity. And I want to talk about intensity real quick before I go back into, you know, talking about physical activity. Uh, a lot of clients always ask me, what is the key to, you know, performance training and getting better? And sometimes it is the intensity. Like, it's the mental intensity. Like, are you mentally engaged into the workout? Like, are you really trying to get that rep up are you really pushing yourself you know sometimes you can just go through the motions and you can tell like i have big boot camps that i train people and i can just tell the people that are just going through the motions and then i also can tell the people that are really putting in the work so intensity moderate intensity is from a scale to zero to a hundred it's like 50 to like 75. so not your max you know intensity but not just walking and just not really putting a lot of effort into it. So another thing is for aerobic activity, you want to do 20 minutes of vigorous intensity aerobic activity at least three times or more a week. Now, this is for more of my moderate to advanced um, clientele base that is listening to this podcast right now. 20 minutes of vigorous, like I had a young lady today at the corporate gym that I you know, run uh, sessions at. Uh, she came in and I gave her a, an understanding of how to do HIIT classes because she used to do CrossFit, but I gave her a little 20-minute just vigorous, high-intensified workout. And I told her to do that once or twice a week 
plus strength training twice a week, do a little flexibility, there you go. So like I said, 150 minutes of moderate intensity and then 20 minutes of vigorous intensity. And vigorous intensity means you're going all out. Like you're squatting, you're going as hard as you can, you're doing as hard as you can with push-ups, mountain climbers, whatever exercise you decide to choose, you're going as hard as you possibly can and you're really, really putting in that effort. That's why the workout is only 20 minutes because anything over that, your body's gonna go into hyper stress mode because you're doing too much, all right? So a combination between moderate and vigorous um, is very ideal. So with aerobic, you wanna do at least 10 minutes um, when it comes to moderate. You wanna do at least 10 minutes. You don't wanna, you don't have to do 20 to 30 minutes with this. Um, just to get you moving, all right? So measuring the intensity, uh, this is the next thing that I wanna talk about, knowing the difference between moderate intensity and vigorous intensity. So moderate intensity causes a slight increase in breathing and heart rate. However, it's still able, you're still able to talk and you're still able to sing during the exercise or activity. Um, so for instance, like brisk walking, you also have uh, leisure cycling, leisure uh, le uh, swimming, playing tennis, line dancing, etc., etc. Those are things that are considered moderate intensity. Vigorous intensity is considered where your heart rate has increased significantly, your breathing is going up really fast, and you're really having a difficult time trying to have a conversation with somebody. So this is sprinting, running, jogging. Uh, playing tennis by yourself, rollerblading at a fast place, playing hoops, football, even skipping with a skipping a rope or jump roping. So these activities are basically primarily focused on people that are just trying to work out really fast. They need at least 20 to 30 minutes to execute this exercise. And like I said, cycling, a brisk walk, dancing, doing double tennis and swimming and stuff like that is considered leisure. Um, or is considered a very moderate intensity. So these activities are very important for you to com combine them together and then obviously do a day or two of strength training. So this will help you gauge more accurately how hard you've been working out so you can know below. So if you have an exercise chart of an intensity and you wanna go towards 70 to 80% of your max of your heart rate, then you want to focus on high intensity exercises for that 80 70 to 80 percent i'm sorry is moderate and then 80 to 85 percent is going to be more vigorous so these are just different things that you want to take into account and we're going to talk a little bit more about muscle strengthening um physical activity um later on but i wanted to start today's podcast on just basically just basic physical activity aerobic physical activity and just getting out there, like I said, 150 minutes. I know I talked a lot of different numbers and stuff, so I'm just gonna just wrap it all up within this next 30 seconds or so. So basically just 150 minutes a week, and if you can get up to 300, that's amazing. 300 is like meaning you're elite, you're like advanced, you know, like that's really, really good. Um, and then just making sure you know the difference between the intensities. so obviously, Going for a brisk walk is moderate. Running or sprinting is very, very vigorous. So just trying to make a combination. So if you're new to physical activity and you're trying to lose weight, I suggest you to do 
one or two days of moderate, one or two days of vigorous a week, then a day of strength training and then a day of flexibility, um, just to kind of get your body in a full um, fitness mode. And you want to build a good foundation in the beginning. And the good foundation is going to be a combination between strength, cardio, flexibility, and endurance and stuff like that. So you want to be able to activate all of these different aspects of fitness when it comes to fitness. Um, Info Ace, I am back here today, guys. Thanks for listening. I am going to be closing up this podcast for the moment. Physical activity, get out there, get active. Make sure your friends are getting out there, getting active, especially my millennials, my younger generation. There is no freaking excuse for us. We're young. We're supposed to be at our elite levels right now. So get out there, get active. For my older generation, you guys, no pressure. You don't got to be CrossFit crazy. But get out there for 150 minutes a week. Do moderate and vigorous intensity. Then we'll talk later next week, later this week or next week about more vigorous and more intensified exercises. See you guys later. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? So today we are going to elaborate on what we were talking about yesterday. And yesterday the topic was physical activity and just to be able to get out there 150 minutes uh, a week and just trying to you know be able to execute some type of body movement on a daily basis Uh, it doesn't have to be like super crazy it could just be brisk walking you can go into a more vigorous type of training which will be like sprinting plyometrics which is power driven workouts like jumping and stuff like that but for the most part i was just trying to address you you know, just trying to attack at least 150 minutes a week of physical activity. And it's more than just physical look, but it's for overall health, especially if you're working a very busy schedule, you need that release and stress. And a lot of times physical activity releases stress, you know, produces biochemical agents, hormones, great hormones, good hormones, make you feel good. Also makes your brain feel good, makes you sleep better. You know, a lot of the good things when it comes to that. So today, we are going to be addressing high intensified training. So HIT training is basically high intensified interval training, or it could be called HIT intermediate exercise, or it could be called sprint interval training, which is SIT. So, you know, these are forms of interval training, cardiovascular training that for a short period of time, you'll be doing anaerobic workouts, which is going to cause you to you know use a little bit more of the musculature rather than just cardio which will be just going on the treadmill with less recovery period times Um, this is going to put your body in a state where it causes it to you know boost that calorie burning fat burning mechanism and that's one of the reasons why i wanted to get on here today to talk about this so these workouts normally last under 30 minutes normally when i do my high intensified training workouts is about 25 minutes actually doing the workout and then probably five minute warm-up five minute cool down so approximately about 35 minutes for the whole workout so these workouts are going to be able to provide and improve athletic uh capacity and conditioning to improve your glucose metabolism like i was saying earlier glucose metabolism is helping changing the body into more of a fat burner by using the sugars in the body as energy so it's very good to be able to get into that state and these particular workouts um are not really meant to to 
be easy. <laughs> a lot of people, you know, like hit training. I'm always getting headaches afterwards. A lot of it is just not getting enough oxygen through the blood. Uh, one, two, your body's not used to that type of stimulus. Um, and then three, you know, it just could be you could be dehydrated. You could have not had all the proper foods that you needed to be able to withstand this type of workout. So compared to the longer sessions, um, hit training can may not be as effective when it comes to obesity so if you're over overweight like super overweight it might not be as effective it might not also be as effective improving muscle and bone mass however hit training has been showing significant reduction in fat mass of whole body so yes you can if you have let's say you're a man you're about 36 years old you're 195 pounds and you're five six and you're supposed to be at 150 pounds. So that is kind of like way over your weight. So you just doing HIIT training is not going to help you get back down to 150 pounds. But let's say if you're the same same size or same height, 5'6", uh, but you're 170 pounds and you need to get to 150, then that will be a good workout for you. HIIT training would be because you only need to lose 20 pounds, which you probably could lose in a month. I've had clients lose 25 pounds uh, especially guys, I've had guys, especially when I first started training, I was doing a lot of HIIT training back then because that's when it was really popular. Um, I had a couple of guys lose 25 pounds in 15 days, you know, just over two weeks. So, yeah, it, it, it can happen, but if you're highly, highly obese, um, that's not probably the, the best workout for you. It's only if you're just, just overweight is what they call it. So 36% of our society is overweight. Um, or 70% of, I'm sorry guys, 70% of our society is overweight, 36% of our society is obese. So that 36% of our society, you're going to need multitude of things from different nutritional programs, different exercise programs. And for the people that are overweight, this is perfect for you. So this is going to be a good workout for people that are just a couple of pounds over their recommended weight for their body size. So this is going to be extremely high level of subjective motivation and these motivations are going to be mental. So HIIT training is, it doesn't matter how in shape you are. Um, I'm pretty sure you can put a lot of trainers that have been training for years like myself through a HIIT workout. And it's still, it's challenging because it's supposed to. Because this workout is not supposed to be easy. You, especially if you're doing workouts where you have like 10 different workouts. And you're doing all 10 workouts, as many rounds as you can in 10 minutes. You know, like if you go super duper hard, it doesn't matter if you're a well-trained trainer or you're a beginner, it's going to be tough for everybody. So I want people to start realizing that this stuff is hard for the trainers as well. And what separates the trainers and some of the clients that don't like to exercise is two things. Sometimes it's the passion and then it's the mentality. Like for instance, me, obviously I'm passionate about this. I've been doing it for a while, but my mentality going to every workout is like that it's easy. I got it. Even if I am doing a very tough workout. It's my mentality. I go into it like I'm going to conquer it. I don't understand the psychological state of why some people like go into fitness like, oh, this, this is going to be such a shitty workout. It's going to be such a hard workout. You're already setting yourself up for failure. But today's not really about talking about the mentality. We can go into depth in the future about that. But today was just basically just, you know, going over HIIT training. So HIIT training is definitely you need a warm-up period to kind of get the body moving. I like to do dynamic stuff, butt kickers, high knees, you know, lateral shuffles, certain things to kind of get the blood flowing, kind of get the heart rate up. 
but then it's more dynamic. I don't really do a lot of static stretching with my clients. I think static stretching is something that you should do at home, um, but I, I'm really not a big fan of static stretching when it comes to uh, before workouts. Sometimes after workouts, it's cool, um, but I really like to focus more on dynamic stuff so that I can keep their body in that state of understanding. Uh, so these particular high-intensified workouts, you might see like CrossFit has uh, their type of style. You have Orange Theory that has their type of style. Um, and it's basically you're doing something for 20 minutes, or I'm sorry, 20 seconds, and then you might take a 10-second break and then go do another workout and then take another break and then go do another workout and take another break. Uh, so Peter Cole came up with this short recovery time back in the 70s. This is when it was first brought around. Um, him and his, his son, Sebastian Cole, these guys pretty much inspired this profound understanding of exercise way back in the 70s. And then the Tabata training came around in the late 90s, uh, 96. You know, they used to do it with a lot of Olympians that were doing speed skating, which they'll do, you know, 20 seconds of ultra intense exercise. And then, which is basically 170% of their max continuously for four minutes, eight different cycles. And then this started to, you know, gain some traction in these studies. They started to find out that these trainers were, you know, starting to have a lot more um, productivity when it comes to anaerobic benefits and, com and uh, capacities and stuff like that. So back in the 90s, that's when Tabata came around. And as over time, it's just, it's just grown. And then in the, in the early 2000s, you know, it, it started to become more, you know, popular. And then that's when we get into the 2010s when they started to really do a lot of studies on people. And they started to realize that people's, you know, volume of oxygen levels started to go up and they tried to you know see why is this happening and they had multiple studies and this is one of the most effective things and that's why as I guess you could say probably 2008 2009 you started really seeing CrossFit come around and then you had the Orange Theories and you had all these other gyms come around to generate this high intensified exercise so that's just a touch on the history and kind of where it came from and why they do it because they started to see a lot of benefits in the world's top athletes so then they started to you know trickling down and make it a more simplified version shout out to mr peter cole him and his posse and his his crew of people uh pretty much were the first ones to run it by us and ever since the 70s we've been running away with it and it's still one of the most effective things that i put in some of my clients programs now, one of the things that I do suggest for people, um, don't do it every day. I mean, some people are obviously trained and they've been doing it for years, so they can do it every day. But I suggest once or twice a week is all you really need because you don't want to put your body in, in too much of a stress mode, especially if you're a beginner or not even a beginner, even if you work out. Like you want to kind of keep your body at a certain you know level, homeostatic state. And uh, sometimes HIIT training can put you over the edge a little bit because, you know, you overdo it. And sometimes when you're extra tired and, you you know, stuff like that, it can lead to, you know, bad posture and form and stuff like that. Um, that's why another reason why we don't do it that long. It's one of those workouts that you do just, you know, momentarily, 25 minutes, and then you're good. So, yeah, HIIT training, guys, that's what I really wanted to touch bases on today. High-intensified training. It's really good for people that are overweight but not obese. Um, it's, it helps with cardiovascular disease. It's one of the things that helps keep the, the heart going and keeps the, high, the blood pressure 
down, it keeps the obesity down, heart failure down, all of the arteries down. Uh, the metabolic syndrome is also attacked by this. And then you have the metabolism, the glucose levels are in very good position. Weight loss is very you know, beneficial for this. And then most important, they have studied since 2007, uh, fat oxidation is very important for this. Over a two week, two week period, you will be able to see a lot of increase in performance, not within the athlete or the subject, but also you will see a nice beneficial uh, gain from a fat, especially the subtankerous fat for younger and healthier individuals, you will start to see that even young and healthy people can continuously lose weight, even if you are been working out for a long period of time. And last but not least, um, it helps with your brain power. They have a study since 2007 that it helps with cognitive improvement, especially in, with children. They have only did up to 318 different subjects, but yeah, it definitely shows that it improves your mental capacity when it comes to board games and trivia games and stuff like that from doing HIIT training. So HIIT training is more than just losing weight, getting really sweaty, working out real fast, and then going home and being sore and having a headache. It has a lot of beneficials from fat oxidation, brain power, cardiovascular disease, um, obviously cardiovascular fitness. It helps you get better as an athlete. Um, and then most important, metabolically, it gets your fat-burning body going. So you're going into that post-fat body, fat post-oxygen consumption, you know, from the exercise. So post-exercise, oxygen consumption. And yeah, so that's pretty much what I want to talk about today, guys. Just want to address this high-intensified situation. I do believe in it, but I think you need to do it in moderation, even if you do train a lot, because like I said before, it doesn't really help with muscle gain. And muscle gaining muscle is very important when it comes to fat loss and weight loss. So, you know, it's one of those things that you kind of add in. It's a specialty workout, but it's not something that you want to do every single day. But hey, to each his own, just trying to give you the facts. And from my experience, I never really seen anybody gain a lot of progress after a certain period of time doing HIIT training every single day. You're going to have to switch it up. And that goes with anything you do. So guys, thanks for tuning in. I'm talking about HIIT training today, I will be a going back into my nutritional bag tomorrow and talking a little bit more about health tomorrow and what we can do to be a little bit healthier. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a great night. What's going on, everybody? Um, Info Ace is back here today with some more podcast information. So today we're going to be talking about what is the best thing for people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s when it comes to fitness. So today I'm going to be talking about that and what workouts that you need to be implementing in your program if you are in those age ranges. So let's give you a little background on myself. Uh, yes, I am a personal trainer. I've been personal training for over eight years, and I've worked with from kids all the way up to geriatrics from basic people that never worked out in their life to, you know, athletes. So um, I love this demographic. I love the 50, 60, and 70-year-olds because it, as a trainer, it challenges me because a lot of them have a lot of, you know, issues, knee, ankle, joint issues, you know, lack of strength, lack of motivation sometimes. So, you know, coming in as a young guy to give them that young spark again, I just love to be able to get these um, people back on their thing back on their rocker and if they've never really been into fitness to try to get them into more physical activity rather than just get them into fitness and just you know ease their way into it so today basically I'm going to be going down the list and basically talking about what things to look forward to when it comes to 
people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. So first things first, we're going to start with people in their 50s. This is the age range of my parents. So I always try to get my mom to stay physically active. And my mom is really good at eating healthy, but just trying to get her physically active is the key, being consistent with it. She's doing a pretty good job. So trying to get a lot of people in her age range to continuously look at health as medicine and not just a workout so they can just keep their body flowing and going, all right? So most people in their 50s, many people in their 50s may not be as fast anymore as they used to be. So it takes a lot longer for them to recover from strenuous workouts as well. So the goal is to be able to shift their um, exercises into maintaining and feeling good when it comes to physical function. Um, and this is according to Summer Cook, who is a kinesiologist at the University of New Hampshire. So to maintain power, uh, muscle power, bone strength, you need to do these type of workouts, adding high intensified workouts such as jump squats and just short bursts of, you know, intensified energy. So these workouts are more effective for programs for people in this area and most people in this area of life which is 50 years old normally are dealing with depression sometimes they have muscle loss and sometimes they have diabetic aspects so this is why fitness is very important for these people so this is one of the things that i always suggest for my guys and girls and men and women in their 50s okay high intensify do not be afraid of intensity intensity is actually recommended to do at least two days a week I've been telling people you should be doing at least 150 minutes of activity a week. And out of that activity, you need to be doing um, some type of intensified workouts because it's going to help with your muscle power, bone structure and strength. And it's going to help you deal with certain things like depression and certain things that is going to cause aging and dealing with stress, even though you're putting stress on the body. So jump squats is one of those things that you can do. Jump squats is basically sitting down like you're sitting down in a chair and then exploding up onto your toes. If you're a beginner, if you actually work out, then exploding up off the toes and off the ground. And these are going to build up your thighs and hips and core and buttocks. And you're basically standing feet shoulder width apart. You're basically embracing your core, trying to keep your thighs parallel to the floor, keeping your chest upright, making sure your knees are directly above your feet, pause, and then jump off the ground. And you want to do this about three sets of five um, or three sets of 15, depending on your level. So if you're more new to physical activity, you want to do at least five of these, five reps of these for three rounds, so 15 total. And then if you are a little bit more advanced, do 15 within each round for three sets. So you're gonna be doing approximately 15 to 45. So next we're going to single leg um, or side planks. So um, basically this is gonna be getting into a plank position which is going to increase your core strength which is very, very, very important for a lot of people, not just seniors and not just the older generation. So increasing your core strength and improving your balance. So getting into a push-up position uh, like you would be doing in normal positions. Hands are going to be at a good position. Shoulders are going to be right over the hands. Your forearms are going to be nice and locked. Make sure you keep your body nice and straight. Keep your head kind of like looking. I always look. tell my clients, don't look straight down, but look down and up a little bit. So it's keeping your chin away from your chest. Uh, so then now you want to lift one of your legs off of the floor at least 10 inches, and you want to hold this pose for at least 15 to 30 seconds and work your way up to a minute and then switch legs each time. 
Same thing with the, the side plank. You want to be able to position your elbow on the ground and then your shoulder should be right above it and your elbow should be right below your um, shoulder. So then you're getting into the same position. Your feet are going to be on the ground. You're going to lift your hips off the ground with this and you're going to keep your body in a straight line. So keeping your body in a straight line for about 15 to 30 seconds and working your way up to a minute. So side planks is good or single leg planks is good because it's going to challenge your balance and it's going to challenge your core. Next, we have jumping lunges. Yes, jumping lunges. So basically, this is going to be strengthening your core, your back, embracing your balance, standing with your feet shoulder width apart. Then you will place one leg in, in front of the other like a regular lunge position. So basically stepping out to the point where your knee is just right over your toes. And then you're going to be having your legs at a 90 degree angle. And then you're going to be jumping off the ground with this position. So you're going to be basically bending your left elbow to touch the right knee, basically. So just like you're running, you're basically one leg is going to be out front. The opposite arm is going to be out front. And basically you're just hopping, either jumping straight off the ground or you can do more explosive lunges, which is meaning you're jumping and then you're switching sides where one leg will be in front and then you're jumping and that one leg that was in front comes behind. Um, so yeah, with this workout, it's a little bit more of a technical workout. So I suggest people to just focus on just doing the jumping lunges first, meaning keeping one leg in front and then just jumping from that position, landing in that initial position, doing about five to 10 on each side and then switching. So this is, like I said, it's gonna strengthen your legs, core and back and your balance. Burpees with a push-up. A lot of people hate burpees because it's a full body workout and it's cardio and strength. It's a very tough workout, but it's one of the workouts that I definitely recommend for the older generation to get into. So burpees with a push-up is just basically you're going to be building strength in your cardiopulmonary system for fitness, meaning your cardiovascular system, meaning you're gonna be helping your heart and your lungs become more efficient in being able to produce more oxygen. Um, so you wanna have your feet shoulder width apart, going into a squat position, then you will place your hands back, back out in front of you and then your feet behind you like you're getting into a push-up position. Do a push-up, then jump your feet up as much as you can into a squat position and then rise up and you want to do this at least three sets five to ten reps each time so we have burpees with the push-up last workout for my 50 year olds we want to do overhead press with the squat so you're going to be strengthening your arms and upper body thighs hips and buttocks with this once again feet shoulder width apart you're going to be holding the, the dumbbells in your hands out in front of you your palms are gonna be facing each other. As you squat down to the floor, you're gonna rise up and keep yourself upright. And as you come out of that squat position, you're gonna raise your arms up above your head. So it's pretty much a squat press. And you're using that momentum of coming off that squat position to help you with the arm press above the head. Uh, so this is also one of the things that I want to help integrate to a lot of people in their 50s these workouts sound pretty intense so we got jump squats we got single leg and side planks jumping lunges burpees and overhead press with the squat and obviously pilates for your core for the ladies out there that love to do pilates keep it up so that's for my 50 year olds you guys 
Intensity is the key with you. You know, don't just because you're in your 50s doesn't mean you shouldn't be intense. Those workouts sound pretty crazy, but you you can do it, especially if you, you know, put your effort into it and you just do a little bit each time. Now, for my people in their 60s, this is going to be more strength training and resistant training. So you're trying to add muscle, stimulate more bone growth. And this is from the Mission uh, University of Michigan Sports and Health Activity Research and Policy Center recommends that doing things like Pilates and yogas to boost balance for a long time, that's going to help risk fall. So we just talked about basically everything that 50-year-olds are doing. 50-year-olds are focusing more on intensity because you're still young enough to do that. 60-year-olds, it's all about strength now. So we're going to still do the squats. You're not going to be necessarily jumping unless you have certain you know, accessories that can help you with your balance. Um, still doing a squat, sitting back like you're sitting in a chair, coming up off the ground, breathing out at the top is key. You want to be able to focus on doing at least three reps in 15 of these. So three sets, I'm sorry, meaning the different rounds. So three rounds of 15 reps, 45 total in each. Next, you want to do the regular plank focusing on core and balance. Just a regular plank, you're gonna be placing yourself in a push-up position, or you're gonna do it on your forearms. Try to keep your body straight, keeping your hips off the ground, keeping your eyes down and out, holding for 15 seconds to a minute. That's basically what we're gonna do. Try to do this at least three times, okay? Doing this with a lunge is next, strengthening the legs, core, back, and embracing your balance. Feet shoulder width apart, then you're gonna be stepping out in front of you, with the, the leg bent at 90 degree angle, and then you're gonna be doing with the other leg and alternating it. If that is too much because you have knee problems, then step backs is the same thing. Step backs is actually more safer because step backs, you're not using a lot of the ACL, which is the anterior crucial ligament. That's the main ligament that's keeping your bones from sliding too far, and that's why a lot of athletes you know, hurt themselves um, non-contact, and trying to slow down, basically on deceleration is one of the main reasons why ACL injuries are increasing. So if you have knee problems because you played sports in the past, step backs will be just fine for you. So you're basically doing the same thing that the 50-year-olds are doing. You're just not doing as tense. So 50-year-olds are doing jump squats and jump lunges. You're doing regular squats, regular lunges. 50-year-olds are doing single leg squats and side planks. You're just doing regular planks. 50-year-olds are doing burpee with the push-up, you're just going to do a regular burpee, meaning getting into a push-up position, hopping your feet up, and then trying to jump a little bit off the ground and then back down into the push-up position, hopping your feet up, trying to stand back up. So you're going in a perpendicular stance horizontally and then jumping up in obviously a vertical position. Um, then last but not least, you want to do dumbbell curls and press. So you will curl the dumbbell and this is actually going to help you with your flexibility and your posture. Keep your feet shoulder width apart. And then you make sure you have your elbows close to your body. Lift the dumbbells up to the point where you're trying to slap your chest. Rotate your, your thumbs behind you and then press above your head. So you're curling. Thumbs are pointing to the left and the right of you. And then you're going to rotate your thumbs so they're pointing behind you and press above your head. Making sure you're keeping your elbows close to the body so your shoulders won't be placed in a bad position. Learning how to golf or even dance will help even doing Zumba. I have a lot of clients that are in their 60s that do Zumba. Helps with flexibility, helps with a lot of coordination and posture. So 60-year-olds, you guys are mainly focusing on just strength training and trying to get your body, keep your body strong 
So when you do um, walk, you're not weak enough where it causes falls. That's where falls come from, just lack of balance and strength. So this is just trying to keep you from falling, keep you from losing your balance. So for that was for um, my 60-year-olds. So now my 70-year-olds, now the main thing with you guys is trying to do a little bit less uh, strength training, trying to learn a new dance, trying to do a little bit of something like that to help keep you with your focus and balance. Instead of doing a regular squat, you're going to be doing a wall squat where you'll be sitting against the wall, placing your, your feet on the ground, 90-degree angle, and you're going to have your hands out in front. This is still going to work the legs um, at a high level, but you're not squatting. You're just sitting your feet on the ground in a 90-degree angle. You're laying your back against the wall, hands out in front of you. I'm pretty sure you've seen this in fitness. Now, the next workout, same thing as in a, in a past modified planks modified planks basically just elevated you know just doing a, a plank in an elevated position and whatever feels comfortable for the clients that are in their 70s um, next thing you want to do uh, is a split squat a split squat is basically you know you're going to increase your leg strength your back your core your flexibility hips and ankles and basically you're going to be kneeling like you're in doing a lunge or a step back and all you're going to be doing is just coming straight up and straight down. So step back, make sure your leg, your front leg is in 90 degree, degree angle. And all you're going to do from that position is just literally tuck your toes underneath you and just go straight up and straight down. We call it a staggered position, but the whole goal is to be able just to go straight up and straight down. So you're not moving forward or back. You're moving initially back or forward as in the lunge staying in that position going up and going down kettlebell swings this is really good because it's going to help with hips thighs core shoulder and pretty much everything i think everybody should do this 60 70 and 80 year olds should do this because um, there's ways of doing it um, in a very very corrective way and it's really good for your hip mobility which a lot of people lose that over time uh, so basically this workout you're standing in a regular feet shoulder width apart a kettlebell is one of those really cool um, fitness equipments in the gym where you have a nice little handle and a bell and you're just basically hinging your hips back like you're trying to sit in a seat and then you're going to push your hips forward and try to get as straight as possible and you're going to use that momentum to carry the weight almost to eye level. Um, obviously with 70 year olds you want to use uh, relatively light in the beginning. 50 year olds you can do a little bit more heavy with them same thing with the 60 year olds you can do a little bit more heavy but 70 year olds it's more about the movement mechanics um, so like i said imagine yourself trying to make your chest parallel to the ground the weight is in between your legs feet shoulder width apart arms are close to the body and then from that position you're thrusting your hips forward so you can go straight up again and try to get the weight as close as you can um, to eye level and that's basically what a kettlebell swing is and then you have overhead reaches basically teaching people how to stand on their feet and just reaching above their their body as much as possible and this is going to help mobilize their shoulders and it's going to help with their flexibility and posture and sometimes it can help with obviously um, decompressing the spine and loosening up the spine um, and this is what I'm really 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 trying to encourage people to do now 80 year olds the main thing with 80 year olds that you're trying to do like i said the recommended version of 
physical activity on a weekly basis is 150 minutes. So that's basically uh, about two or three sessions a week, just over an hour. So for my 80 year olds and above, I've already worked with a few clients at this age, not too many, but for my clients that are 80 and above, this is what you should do. You should do uh, chair squats. So basically sitting into the chair like I was mentioning earlier, but the other you know demographics and age groups, they don't actually sit into a chair. They're actually acting like they're gonna sit into a chair. Um, you also have wall planks, modified lunges, um, side windmills. This is gonna help with flexibility. So you wanna lie down on your left side with a pillow underneath your head, and then you're gonna just lift your legs straight up. I'm pretty sure you've seen ladies back in aerobics days in the 80s doing this. They're just laying down on one side, have their pillow there, and just lifting the legs up. That's gonna help build up the glutes, and it's gonna help open up the hips, because the hips get really tight as we age. And you're just trying to go up as, as far as possible um, and moving that leg um, side to side. But you wanna keep your leg bent at a 90 degree angle, and you're just rotating all the way up and it's rotating all the way up and it's rotating all the way up so side um, lying windmills is what that is called and then you have once again overhead reaches so just to kind of recap everything i know it's a lot i discussed a lot but hopefully i was able to you know express um just a little bit of information for people in these age ranges what you can do for my 80 year olds you're doing a lot of just modified versions but you're still squatting, you're still planking, you still learn how to lunge because it helps with your balance, opening up your hips and posture. 70 year olds, same thing. You're just doing it on a more advanced level. My 60 year olds, you're doing squat, planks, lunges, burpees, curls. And then for my 50 year olds, you're doing more intensity. You're doing jump squats, you're doing side planks, you're doing jumping lunges, you're doing burpees with a push up and overhead pressing and making sure you're doing some type of flexibility stuff. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in today. I just wanted to give you guys some type of physical activity that you can do for your age range because I know a lot of people that might listen to this because I posted on Facebook where a lot of the older generation is on. Um, this is going to be for you. So just make sure, hopefully this was very informative, and just make sure you get your 150 minutes a week. That's all I'm asking for. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. I would like to see you guys in the future staying young and healthy because age ain't nothing but a number and it's nothing but a mentality you guys have a good night and i'll see you later